All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game. DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs, make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. Hashtag man's best kennel. It's Gunner Kennels, baby. It's a kit. We had Addison on the, the podcast, a phenomenal dude, always innovating our industry. And one of the things that he brought up is it's a kit. It's not just the kennel itself. You've got the fan 2.0 for your summer, right? Like it's hot out. We got to keep that dog cool. In wintertime, you've got the all weather kit. Keeps that poor body temperature in there so the dog doesn't have to work as hard to stay warm. They also have the magnetic door accessory that keeps that body temperature in there. And then the straps. Everybody thinks like, oh, just go to Home Depot and get the cheapo straps. Well, listen, they developed these straps so that basically you can lift a VW bug with the two straps. So if you were to get in a car accident on the way to the duck blind or the training grounds, that dog is going to be beyond strapped and stay safe. Check it out. Gunner Kennels, baby. Slide into the DMs. We'll hook you up. It's force fetch, baby. It's the number one question we get asked. You don't know how to fix it? Let me help you. Let me get you to your goals. We built a course bunch of videos. I think there's 13 or 14 videos start to finish on how you and your dog can get through the force fetch process successfully. The link's in the description. Be sure to check it out and let me help you and your dog. Welcome to Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles, episode 23. You got Bob and Kevin. How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so good to be back. Yeah, it is. I'm back in New York, baby. We had an awesome four months of training and business and puppies and friends in Charleston, South Carolina. Um it was that's a whirlwind it was a whirlwind tour man we were there twice as long as last time and it flew by even faster we had i mean you all know if you've been listening along but we had the litter of puppies and that kept us busy and was such a proud thing for us to do and we had some really good dogs down there we had a lot of success in the hunt test uh game i think we went to three or four tests and we got Cruz's master title, Memphis got a, another master pass, heading towards qualifying for master national. She needs Nothing one more. Nothing to sneeze at? No, yeah. She needs one more to qualify. Cruz needs three more, uh, which hopefully knock on some wood. She'll get in <laughs> June. Um, May, little May May, one of my faves. She yeah. got her senior title and smoked it. Really? No, I didn't know that. How'd that one sneak by me? Well, you don't pay attention to Lone Duck's Instagram, bro. <laughs> At Lone Duck, Kevin, you should follow. I should look into that. Yeah, that's your bad. Uh, so May May smoked senior. Blondie went, actually May went four for five, and Blondie went three for four. 
and but Blond, it was kind of a fluke that Blondie failed. I mean, she is dialed in right now, looking beautiful on her blinds and steady. And so her owner is going to actually run her June first. Uh, Coming so up, yep. So he's going to run her for her title. So I'm excited to hear how that goes. Where is that going to be at? Uh, Brian, who owns Blondie, is running in Presque Isle, which is in Pennsylvania. Um, okay. So if anybody's there running senior and you see a beautiful blonde Chessie named Blondie, you should introduce <laughs> yourself and tell him you follow Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles, baby. Uh, and you heard all about his Chessie. Um, and then all our junior dogs did fantastic. They all got their titles. Um, really proud of all the hard work we put in and how the dogs progressed. Then we had something pretty slick happen and maybe you guys followed along on instagram but kevin and i were invited to yukonuba the dog food company they invited us to their headquarters and basically it was like a brain trust of trainers and magazine writers and editors and we had tv producers it was cool it was really cool and a lot of people what for me was really cool is i had met a lot of these people throughout my time at lone duck traveling the country so it was like super fun to reconnect with them and maybe it's people like for instance anthony farrow from fetching feathers who we had on like episode three or four you know he was there so we got to meet him in person that was really fun and Darrell from the gun dog notebook which i was on his podcast a couple weeks ago so we got to meet these people in person who we follow on Instagram and Facebook and like chat and you kind of know them, but you never met them in person. So we had a riot and then they did a huge educational day where we toured their facility and learned all about the science behind the nutrition, um, dispelled some myths about grain free diets and chicken and chicken meal and chicken bride product and just you know, it blew my mind. Yeah. There's so much science and data and time and energy spent behind what they do. It was really cool to see why they stand behind their product so much. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to be working with them closely. So kind of a shameless plug for Yukonuba. They're going to be sponsoring this podcast. They're going to be working with us in the future. And so I hope you don't get bored of us talking about it because we are excited to represent the brand and the food and feeding it to our dogs. And I think it's quality. Yeah. It's just good people, good product. It was honest and it's, it's worth it. Like the value is there. And so that's that. And we're going to be proud to represent it. So there's going to be more discussion about that in the future and in future podcasts. So stay tuned, but we're going to have some of their people on to talk about nutrition and educate everybody on dog nutrition and I think that'll be very valuable. So that was a highlight of, you know, the last month. And then we rambled on home, bro. It was a long ride, but the dogs and I made it back safe. We sent dogs home and they're all owners are all happy. And I'm back in New York, back in the swing of things up here. The weather's been crappy compared to <laughs> Charleston. I will be honest with welcome that. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to Syracuse where the weather sucks but it's great i got to see my nieces and my parents and my sister and i'm sitting in kevin's house right now we just ate some venison and 
it was delicious and now we're drinking a beer and doing a podcast live and in person so i'm happy to be back i'm happy to get rolling for the summer good to be back love it now one thing we want to do a little housekeeping we had we've been getting a lot of great reviews on the podcast and i want to shout out everybody who gave a crap enough to go on there and give us a five-star rating and leave a comment and one gentleman wrote a comment it was a five-star review and he said something to the effect of great content guys but we got to get better audio and it's something that i bob take super seriously of always trying to do the best i can and provide value on instagram and facebook and this podcast and we recognize that like with me being in south carolina and the phone call style podcast the audio is subpar and so we're talking to other industry leaders and podcasts and we're doing our best to like tweak this shit and make it phenomenal so as we grow as we develop and as we learn we hope to keep bringing that so thank you for the feedback we're doing our best and we'll keep trying hard for you guys so thank you for listening thank you for subscribing and giving us a rating i mean you know this is really fun to do a podcast and it's really a a passion project and with that in mind we still want to be awesome so we're going to keep grinding to make it the best podcast out there um i would ask that if there's any other feedback or thoughts or questions or requests Send it on over. Love to hear it. Greatly appreciate it and will act on it. So, yeah, do it we're, up. We're continuously learning this game. So, you can DM us on Instagram. It's at Lone Duck or leave a comment on the podcast thingy where you leave a comment <laughs> on iTunes. Uh, on iTunes. Good or, big word, iTunes. <laughs> yeah, whatever, bro. Uh, or Lone Duck Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, just get in touch with us and I will respond very quickly and greatly appreciate it so uh with that let's get into this bad boy up. we're gonna do a q a tonight we've had a lot of awesome questions and we have been busy traveling so we're gonna answer them today and we're also once we get some of this done we're gonna do an instagram live so there's gonna be a lot of q a on some dog training tips and our feedback and kevin just Let's do it. Hit me with the first one. All right. So, cheers. Uh, had a phenomenal question from a good buddy uh, that we met at our Yukonuba trip. Ethan uh, was asking if we could discuss uh, the different ways that people send a dog in a blind. Uh, Ethan's a great pro, super knowledgeable. Check him out on Instagram. He's the man. Uh, but was wondering if we could talk about back versus fetch versus calling a dog's name what's your take what do you think so ethan is from standing stone kennels who should have called that my bad i know it's kevin's fault i got your back (laughs) Ethan. i've got your back uh so if you want to follow him on instagram he is uh, an upland trainer so he works with german short hairs and wire hairs and Brittany's and all that jazz and very knowledgeable and cool dude and i did a post sending a dog in a blind and he thought it would be a cool idea to explain to our community who may not know why we use back versus fetch or their name so basically the progression for me is i teach the dog fetch so i force fetch a dog 
turning pressure on and off by turning pressure off quickly and complying with the command fetch quickly pressure's turned off they put a bumper in their mouth and they're good and then i force them to a pile so i'm going to break it down as fast as possible with force fetch because we've done this in other podcasts but i if you haven't listened go back to episode one binge listen all 23 episodes and get back to this 22 in this this is the third not a math guy love it so you start with hold then you do ear pinch or a toe hitch and the dog like reaches out and grabs the bumper and release the pressure good dog then you go once they're crushing that then you go to walking fetch where the bumpers are like in a ladder on the ground and ear pinch fetch 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 good dog you're picking bumpers up off of the ground and then you send the dog from your side on fetch to that ladder so now they go five yards 10 yards 20 yards to pick these bumpers up then you put a pile out and you say fetch and the dog with pressure leaves your side picks up a bumper and runs back to you at that point ethan i when they're crushing that i say fetch back fetch back fetch back and they do that for maybe two days where they're hearing fetch and going on fetch and i'm incorporating the word back once they're doing extremely well on that i will stop saying fetch and just say back and force them to a pile so they're getting pressure to leave my side and go and retrieve a bumper at a pile you know, pretty close at first, maybe 20, 30 yards. It's a known pile, big white pole with big white bumpers and short grass. It's a no-brainer for them. And back, 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 and they're crushing it, okay? So the the reason we do that is to distinguish between, like for me, Ethan, and I've trained with a bunch of different upland guys who on a mark or on a blind or whatever, they just use fetch. So anytime a dog needs to go pick something up, they just say fetch. For me and my brain and how we train the dogs, fetch means pick that sucker up right now or you're in trouble, basically. Like there's no dilly-dallying around, pick it up. If I send them on a mark or a blind or a duck search in NAVDA where they've got to just go and hunt and you send them on fetch, then... I would think in their do- that dog's brain, oh boy, I better get out of here and go find it and pick something up quickly. But if you teach them different commands, so fetch means pick something up and bring it back to me, heel, here, sit, or you know, here, heel, sit. Then I'm going to switch it up. So on a mark where they see the bird go down, I'm going to send them on their name. I've taught that. We've done it since they were young. It's different. Once they get and find that bird, they're allowed to use their eyes, their nose to find it. It's not, I'm not making them do it as fast as possible where I think fetch in their brain after forest fetch is like, I better get this done quickly. So it's more stressful, quote unquote, air quotes, stressful on a dog to fetch that thing quick. So if I send them on their name on a mark, a bird they've seen go down, they have that free spirit to use their instincts to go and look, see where the fall area is, hunt the fall area with their nose, and pick it up. Once they pick that sucker up, then fetch from force fetch is in the back of their brain saying, I better not drop this until I bring it back to Bob. Okay? 
So I never have to tell it. Once I force fetch a dog, I've never have to tell them hold. I rarely ever have to tell them fetch because they know in the back of their head, I can't let this thing go. Then on a blind, you're, you've taught them through force to a pile what back means, but you're teaching them that this is a different command. We're working as a team, and I'm also the team leader. So you have to listen to me. This is turn your instincts off. Let's work as a team. So I am going to guide them on a line and stop them on a whistle and cast them. And so you, in my head, and I think the Retriever game's head, you're distinguishing different tasks that the dog has to accomplish. Fetch means pick something up right now and hold on to it until I take it. Turn pressure off. Learn how to learn. Back means take a straight line until you hear me tell you to do something different. Stop on a whistle, take overs, take backs, and cast. And a mark, sending them on a mark, you send them on their name, and they're kind of in charge using their eyes, using their nose. I hope that kind of clarifies it. I'm pretty sure that's that's pretty in-depth. Um, but... I think we nailed it. Question. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just nailed say it. we nailed it. If you need clarification on that, like anybody, I get it. Like that's that's a real technical finesse maybe discussion. So I hope I helped clarify, but do you want one to of add these, something? No, well, one of these days I'd like to have Ethan on our show. So well, we will. We're going to try and line it up for June. Done. But I'd love to talk about that and see his perspective, what he's had success with, what he prefers, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, we'll do shot for shot with him, question for question, Nathan. We'll bring it, baby. Love it. All right, Kev, question number two. <coughs> uh, Logan, he gone. Logan, Appreciate he the gone. question. Uh, when and why do we use our hands? Mm. Got bad handwriting. When and why do we use ha- our hands on blind... And a mark. And a mark. I got you. So here's what I tell all my clients. And if you're watching this on Instagram Live, I'm going to simulate it, right? So you'll see a lot of people put their hand in front of a dog's head on a mark that the dog saw fall. And they'll stick their hand way out there in front of it and send the dog on their name. Or they'll, like, throw their hand out in front of him. Somebody, Kevin's laughing right now. Somebody made a comment. Uh, Dutch, uh, this is Dutch's owner. Just said you look like a stud. Nice. <laughs> Dutch master. The Dutch rudder. So anyways, you don't throw your hand out in front of the dog's head, okay? Or put it out in front of them. In my brain, I just had that dog focus on a very distant level. You know, let's say a buck 50, 250 in excess of that yard mark or even simple a 30 yard mark they know right where that sucker is they don't need me to put my hand anywhere and then the other aspect is it's in their peripheral vision so you just have a dog hyper focused on the fall area and then out of the corner of their eye comes your hand it's distracting so keep your hands to yourself put them behind your back if you can't stop the habit of putting your hand over the dog's head or shooting it out in front of their face or bending over them and like sending them like this on a mark forget that if the dog marked the fall keep your hands to yourself 
if the dog didn't see the mark, well, no, let's take a step back on a memory bird. So let's say we duck hunt and we shoot three birds. My two, because I shoot two, <laughs> double barrel, bang, bang, two birds go down when I shoot. When Kevin shoots, he usually cripples or misses, but we'll say he crippled this one. And it fell off. Me a cripple. And it fell off to the side. All right. My dog sees these marks go down, goes and gets the one, and I've got to line him up for the other one and the third one, right? Some people will put their hand down for that to help reassure them that they're looking in the correct direction. And I'm not opposed to that, but I use my words. So I talk to the dog. No here. No here. Heel. Here. Okay. Right there. Good. Good. Memphis. So, and that good, like I'm convincing her, yes, you're looking in the right direction. Yes. You remember where that sucker is. Yes. You're about to go send her. And so if she's looking side to side and she's not sure where to go, no, good. No, good. Good. Right there. Memphis. And so you're convincing them using your, your body language, pushing and pulling with your body, as well as your vocabulary saying, no, good. No, good. And send her. If I've seen a lot of people where their dog's looking off hard left, 90 degrees left, and they put their hand out in front of the dog like, no knuckle, you know, hey dog, just look down the pipes of my hand and you'll see the bird. No, talk to the dog, guide the dog into remembering where that fall was. Okay, then, so, and I do put my hand down on a memory bird, but I'm not the, I still am not the guy who puts their hand like on top of their nose where the dog's like cross-eyed looking down your hand at the bird. I maybe put it above their head. I don't even think it affects the dog really. More my body language and convincing the dog into remembering where that bird is. Then on a blind, the third option, putting your hand down, you know, again, to some people, it's like that's their lock-in cue. When I put my hand down in front of your face, that's locked in. Don't look away, back. Uh, I do put my hand down over the dog's head, but again, I'm not in their peripheral vision. I'm not, I'm not blocking what they're doing. I'm using nose, ears, heels, good right there. If you're looking where I'm telling you to look, good, good, back, okay? Um, that's how I do it. There's other people. There are you know, field trialers. When the dog's looking out at the long bird, the long white coat out 400 yards away, they're going to put their hand right over that dog's head and say good and then they pull their hand away and f call for the bird and bingo bango the dog smokes it so i'm not using my hand to point at the bird in essence you know 300 yards away or 40 yards away i'm using body language and vocabulary so uh i'll play devil's advocate i see a lot of times in magazines on instagram all the good stuff i think you know what i'm talking about like the people who line up a dog outrageously dramatically right. where they're that's the hollywood in my opinion that's the hollywood version of how to line a dog up that looks the part it looks like right there's life or death situation out there and you need to and i'm like, pointing you in the right direction yeah yeah no coming I, this fall coming this fall <laughs> yeah i will line you up properly right, right. no dude i don't i i really think in, you know and i had a professional photographer come out uh before i moved south and he was like man i'd love to get a picture of you like with your hand over the dog's head and i'm like wow man i just i just can't like 
it's not real. It's not me. It's not how I train. So we don't have one of those pictures. Yeah. Um, is there a benefit? Like, uh, so you don't do it, but for people listening and I think and it I can get... lock a dog in. Okay. Okay. Like I think if you do it consistently enough, I'm sure your dog will lock in on it. But what if your dog isn't looking where you want them to go? They're not going to follow your hand in front of their face. You don't want them forth. to. You want them to follow a, a bird and be looking out there. No, no, no. Well, no, uh, scratch that because it's blind. Yes. Never mind. So my point is you're not using your hand to like pull their head to from left to right to look straight and send them. You're going to put their hand down when they're already looking where they're supposed to go. Right. So I really think, is that one of those where it's more for us and than it is for them? I think. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion, yes. I think it looks cool. And so people do it. So that Hollywood version, the magazine article, video, you know, you see people do it and it looks the part. But I don't think it, if you teach your dog properly and they're developing right and thorough, then they're going to move with you and you're going to convince them. I remember where that bird is where I saw that sucker go down. I'm going. So don't use your hand. Don't throw your hand in front of their face, please. Awesome. Uh Want to open this up. If we have questions, comments, concerns, issues, want to tell Bobby looks ugly on our Instagram live here, feel free to shoot some questions and we'll read them out. Our next one. Tishnol. Thank uh, you. T I think it's TJ Schnoll or something like that. Mm. Ian, anyways. That's on me. My bad. No worries. TJ, appreciate the question. Send more. Love it. Uh, do we use place boards and do we use them to introduce casting drills? Yes. And sometimes, um, I have, I built a place board, like a plywood place board that stays in my kennel and I teach puppies and obedience dogs and gun dogs place, get onto something and stay there until I tell them otherwise. Um, I have used it in severe winter conditions or pouring rain or a dog just needs some simplification where I will sit them like let's say I'll pull the dog towards me sit them down and cast backwards like give them a, a, a back cast and say place and then I'll you know good dog give them a treat come back bring them out in front of the place board sit them down cast back to the thing and cast over to it so it's like a known location that they're super comfortable and confident in going to they're getting treats it's fun it's a game like i'm gonna do it with brew brew's four months old and i'm teaching him place right now with treats and i'm gonna teach him casting with that i think it's beneficial but if i did it to 20 dogs at a time it would take i'm double timing my work okay so i'm teaching them to cast to a place mat or a place board when it's just as easy to do it in grass with bumpers and make it fun with a mini T drill. So I have done it. I don't do it every dog and I don't do it. it it's not my normal practice. Okay. It's special occasions or maybe it's crappy weather and it's like, you know what would be cool right now? We're going to work on mini T yeah. with the place board. Um, again, it's what if we're like a, you know, I just have one or two dogs, love doing it. Like, you know, you do it every day, all day. So maybe you put more time and effort into having these types of things. Is it something, if I'm doing it at my house, Yeah, no, worth that's it, a really not great, worth it? That's a really great question, Kevin. Don't know where this 
TJ's coming from with that. No, but I, like, yeah, he's a single dog owner. Um, I still think it's redundant. Like being a single dad, just a single, just a single, single dog. Single dad, single, <laughs> single dad dog. owner. So, no, I think I still think it's redundant. Like, if you teach the dog mini T, <laughs> if you teach the dog casting with place you still have to teach a mini t and pick up a bumper going overs and backs yeah so you just spent two weeks teaching him to cast to a place board you're generally still going to spend two weeks doing mini t when you could have just done mini t so i think it's beneficial i think it helps dogs who might get nervous or uh are struggling to comprehend what you're asking them to do with casting but i do think it's redundant and i so I don't do it all the time. Who's up and why are you laughing, Kevin? Uh, we have a great question, which we're going to get to. Appreciate it, Matt. Uh, but also, <laughs> you need a mini version of brew down the road and call micro brew. Oh, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really That's good. real good. Uh, but so, I want to, I want to, <laughs> so, so brew's name is Lone Ducks One More Drink, which Funny that you say that. I'm almost out of beer, so we might have to. We might have to re-rack. Might have to. Uh, I do want to get back to some some brew questions, but this is a good one. So, uh, Matt is asking for some advice on how to get a dog. How to get a dog who is aggressively taking birds from another dog? Like, how do we stop that? What do we do? Is he still? If he's still watching, ask him what he means by aggressively. Like, is he fighting another dog over birds, or he's just like running and taking them from them and challenging them for, for right. the bird. Um, this, I'm going to just run with it until he responds, but yeah. this is not uncommon. And he just asked, so I'm assuming he will. So if, if, okay. if you're still on, please do. So this is not uncommon. Part of what makes our dogs great is their competitive nature. They want it so bad that they're competitive. And so when they see another dog retrieve the bird, a lot of dogs who probably lack discipline and lack obedience are going to break and try and take a bird from another dog. My response to that is, A, get your dog under control. And I mean that in the nicest way possible, bud. But it's true. Like, you have to have some responsibility over your dog and control them. So if you and your buddy are hunting together and you both have dogs, you need to control your dog so that when your friend's dog it's his turn he can go and make the retrieve and your dog will remain calm and sit still rope your dog tie him up hold a leash whatever you got to do hold the collar enforce sit enforce place or kennel or whatever your command is to stay on the dog stand or in the boat um if the dog is quote unquote really aggressive like we'll we'll fight a dog over another bird it's probably your responsibility to decide you need to leave your dog behind when you're hunting with a buddy and his dog and vice versa. Like maybe you hunt your dog on Saturday and I hunt my dog on Sunday and just don't allow a bad situation to happen. I mean, realistically, you probably got to tune that dog up a little bit and you need to enforce control, discipline, structure, obedience, all those things, and then try again. Which I think is what I mean by like, retune them up a little bit like just yeah minor adjustments and tweak it up yes so uh still waiting on that's fine we can move on but i'm I'm assuming that that yeah i think i answered answered it clearly uh cj chriswell thanks man 
Picking up a puppy in six weeks. Very exciting. Congrats. Dove season opens September 1st. Uh, it's three months too early to get her out there and expose uh, if it's just me and her. 100% yes. Way too early, bro. I'm sorry. What would you suggest would be a good time then? When the dog's ready. There's not a good answer. And and I, that's a great question because I, I get it a lot, actually. A lot of people are so excited about this new young dog. And they just want to take a hunting. There's a couple things. Dove hunting is hard on a young dog. They're little tiny birds flying around, so they're kind of hard to mark. The feathers are extremely uh, light and brittle. And so when a dog gets it in their mouth, it's like literally a mouthful of feathers. The other thing is a lot of dogs will eat them quickly. So you're kind of fighting a a not-so-easy battle. Also, so if you're getting a dog... I forget what he even said already, but let's say in a month. Yeah. So it's going to be a month and a half. He's going to pick up a pup. Right. So that season, let's say July 1st and dove season, September 1st, that that's a baby. That'd be like me taking brew right now, you know, or next month on a real hunt with live gunfire. It's not feasible. That's not setting the dog up for a lifetime of success. That's a yes, Kevin. You're not setting the dog up for success. You want to build, this dog is going to be your hunting partner for 12, 8, 12, 14 years. Take the time now. Ethan to, agrees. Oh, my man, Ethan. What's up? Bro. <laughs> uh, take the time now to build the dog. Build yourself a gun dog and put the tools in the tool belt for that dog so that it can be successful on its first hunt. To his point that I want to commend him is, even if it's just me. So rule number one on your dog's first hunt, it shouldn't just be you and your dog. It should be you running the dog, teaching the dog. It is in the first hunt, two, three hunts are an education for the dog, and you, they're not for you. Don't even bring You're laying the foundation for the dog. Yes. Leave the gun at home, but take a buddy who can actually shoot. So they understand, your friend understands, this is for the dog. We're gonna. We're not sky busting. We're shooting ducks over decoys. We're having the dog be successful. And even if the dog didn't mark the bird, walk your butt out there with the puppy. Throw a rock. Have them be successful and learn how to hunt. You can train them all you want. I can have your dog for four months and train a phenomenal junior hunter, awesome dog. I'm proud of them. But on their first hunt, I guarantee they're gonna do something dumb. And you have to be willing to slow down, take a deep breath, educate them, teach them, show them what they're doing. And then I bet after two or three hunts, you know, a dozen birds shot over them. They're going to start looking at the sky, watching for birds, and put the pieces of the puzzle together like, oh, I learned this in training. Oh, this is not that much different. Oh, they're shooting shotguns next to Transitioning. Yeah. Yes. It's an education. So A number one on your first duck hunt. Take a buddy who can shoot or two, but it's not the Civil War. You're not taking them to a blind <laughs> with six guns going bang, 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 bang. couple guys, one or two shots, lay up shots, help your dog. Your job is to run the dog and teach the dog and, uh, you know, adhere to a high standard of obedience and make them be, help them be successful, right? Um, dove hunting is very hard on a young dog. That's hard on an older dog who's never done it but 
dude, five months is way too young to take a dog hunting. I don't know what the right age is. Some, you know, I remember taking buck hunting. He was seven months old, but hindsight 2020 it's still a little young like brew's not gonna hunt this fall he's just not i'll probably maybe take him pheasant hunting and maybe take him towards the end of the season in south carolina in january where he's 10 11 months old and we've got him dialed in but i don't need him to hunt but right it's now. because he's got has had a safe healthy introduction to gunfire yeah. to other dogs to just, birds just to don't push it I, yeah. let's just the hammer home is don't push it no rush. You got 12 years to hunt with this dog. Teach first and introduce smart. Well put. Um, I want to jump back before we get too far away from this. Matt, who, who our question before about his dog getting, he used the word aggressive toward yeah. other dogs, taking birds away. Uh, followed up. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Said my female just started doing this this year. She's uh, She'll be going after a bird. See another dog going after a different bird. She'll drop hers and go and try and take it from another dog. She's about to turn five. She's never really done it until last season. Okay, so not really aggressive. Like she doesn't sound like she'll fight another dog over a bird. Yeah. So that's a positive. So to me, it sounds like you can still hunt with another dog. I said it before, so I'm not going to hammer it. The dog, you need more discipline on your dog. She needs to probably sit on a whistle so you can hammer that whistle. No over or whatever cast her back to the duck that she just dropped and make her pick that one up and get back in you can do other things like here neck here on the e-collar um you can practice it in training i mean yes yeah. i mean really that's like, where you set the, that's yeah, set the legwork for that's it. a i don't know why i didn't think of that a second ago but like wow. set the groundwork in training it sounds like you have a buddy who has another dog you guys go out and you throw a bumper, he throws a bumper, send that dog. When that dog's coming back, you send your dog and you set the dog up to teach it. No, here, get this over here. Your this bird. is your yeah, bird. Yeah. This is his. And you just play, almost play a game with them where it's like a rally, like boom, 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 boom. And they're just his turn, your turn, his turn, your turn is what I mean by boom, boom, boom. That's not very descriptive. <laughs> but in my head, it was. No, I, I well. You get it because yeah, I'm looking at it. I understand, but I, I think it makes sense. I would also add like set the dog up so that it doesn't. After that one goes, is now it's my turn. Now it's definitely my turn because you know throw some so little change up in there and like yeah. do two or three in a row where like the dog doesn't get it, so it isn't expecting. Like it is given the opportunity to go when you say to go. Right. Yep. And again, I think really hammer down on obedience, really hammer down on some more advanced training. And that's what the off season's for. So we had an awesome question from uh, Bennett Fuller. Uh, appreciate oh. it, man. He got a lone duck puppy. Yeah, buddy. Nice. Yeah, he's coming soon. I got to really? call you. I got to call you back. My bad. <laughs> I owe Ooh. you a phone call. So he didn't say that, but he did say great job with the podcast. Couldn't appreciate it anymore. Thank you. Uh how much can I expect from my four-year-old puppy while doing lead work and trying to get him on heel? Four-month-old. That's what he said. What did I say? Four-year. It's all right. I'll keep him honest. Reading's not very great for me, so that's fine. Uh, four-month-old pup. I live in a condo and have to have her on a lead pretty often. How do I 
do this? And then like, what are my expectations? Sure. Well, a number one, it's a lone duck dog. So it's going to be, it's perfect (laughs) already, man. It's perfect already. It's a lone duck puppy. No, uh, Ben, it, it's a baby. I mean, we just talked about it with the other guy. It's a baby, Uh, you know, honestly, put him on a retractable lead, let him pull you around. I don't really care at this stage and this age. Let him experience the world in a positive way. Let him explore. Let him do whatever he wants to do on walks. You know, keep him on lead, and you can use treats. I keep treats in my back pocket for brew and culper, and when they're doing well, boom, hand goes in my back pocket, treat, good dog, treat. So there's a lot of positive experience about staying close to me and following me and coming when they're called and all that jazz, right? I start formal leash training and heal at six months. Their bodies are bigger. They have more attention span. So honestly, I mean, he's coming here soon. I really do have to call you back. So I'm sorry. I'll call you tomorrow morning, buddy. Going turkey hunting, though. So it'll be after turkey hunting. Um, But he's coming to me soon. So don't sweat it. Just enjoy him as a puppy. Let him pull. Let him meet people. Let it be a positive experience. Don't let him jump on people. Uh, but positive experience, I'll fix the rest. But for all of you who aren't sending a dog to me or aren't sending it to a pro, I don't worry about that stuff until six months old. And then I start teaching formal obedience and formal heel work. I have a video on YouTube you can check out. I mean, there's different ways to skin the cat on heel work. That YouTube video was more pressure, if you will, popping the lead, moving fast, popping the lead. Some dogs are a little soft. I'll use a treat and just, you know. Probably softer on a four-month-old, too. Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't even do it on a four-month-old. We're not teaching that right now, okay? Yeah. I mean, it, we're just not. Now, this is the time where I don't let Brew chew on the leash and yank the leash around and play tug-of-war with the leash. I'll pop the lead and make him drop it and, like, move along. And then when he's not doing it, I'll treat, give him a treat. But I'm not making him heal. Um so there's different ways to skin that cat. We can maybe cover that in a different podcast, but what else you got for me, Kevo? Yeah, let me find Oh, uh, CJ said it can be quite difficult to find a, a buddy who can shoot really well, but he'll try. Well, don't call Kevin. I can promise you that. Mm, that's rough. Um, so, Luna Pups Rob. Nice. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, so my last, my last thought and question here is um, what is – I feel like everybody's – or I'm waiting at least. We haven't even talked about this, but like, what's the game plan for Brew? What is what? Oh, everybody's asking. I know. Yeah. So like, what? Uh, I mean, he's just a, a little beast. He's the man. He's a beautiful looking dog. They all look like little twins almost. They're they're. It's funny how when you see like the litter mates next to each other, they're they're spitting him. They really are. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But what's what's your game plan for Brew? Brew. And then we can probably wrap it up here. But, yeah, Brew um, Montana. Old Lone Ducks. One more drink. Brew, he's being a puppy right now, man. Um, Pup life. He's bad at jumping, so I'm (laughs) I'm really honestly focused on that. I hate a dog that jumps on guests and clients and people. He doesn't jump on me. He knows better, but he can't contain himself. So I really work on, like, introducing him to people and having him on lead and popping that lead gently and praising him when he's got his four paws on the ground. We're building retrieve drive. I'm not, you know, I'm big on two to three retrieves a day to build retrieve drive, leave them wanting more, 
he's upped it now. Like his attention span is longer, so we can do six or seven, and he's like raring to go on the sixth or seventh. So you can do a little more. Is that six or seven in a row, or you're saying you said like in a day? So are you saying like uh, two yeah, in the no, morning in a row? I work mean, for you know re- I, regular folk, I guess. But like, fantastic question. No, I meant in a row. So like, you know, for the regular folk who have a day job. You know, before work, you want to take them out, go potty, throw them a couple bumpers. Cool. You get home from work, you want to throw them a couple bumpers. Cool. If you notice that they're getting bored with it, ease back, build retrieve drive, leave them wanting more. If they're raring to go and want, 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 good. You can do a couple more. Like, I'm not telling you you can't do six, but just watch the dog. If they're getting bored and want to go lay down with it, you did one or two too many. Yeah, that makes sense. So Brew's doing, you know, six or seven right now. I mean, today we did, I had a a frozen pigeon. So we did several frozen pigeon marks. I threw it in thicker cover. So he had to like bomb through taller grass and get it. Um, When I have help, I'll have a bird boy throw it. So he's learning to like watch someone throw it instead of coming from me, stretching them out a little bit. Um, Can you define stretching them out for puppy? Twenty uh, yards, thirty, forty, fifty yards. Yeah, he's probably doing forty yard marks. I mean, damn, that's pretty good, little brew man. Yeah, but I mean, we have—I'll be honest with you—we have—I haven't been pushing him. You know, to push him, maybe I could take him to a soccer field with really low grass and like feed bumpers to him as he's running towards it. But that can create other little habits, like not. If he gets too far away, he could get distracted and not bring it back. So that's not good. So I'm just building, man. I'm not worried about rushing him to huge, long marks right now. I just want him to love it. He loves swimming. I mean, loves it. So he's, I mean, diving into the water <laughs> like a big dog. Like yeah. Going underwater, coming up, snorting water out of his nose and, like, driving hard to a bumper. So honestly, I have, I don't have any more expectations other than that be housebroken he doesn't nip he jumps a little bit you know the dude is a good little puppy and he has everything in him i mean i'm so the next stage is at six months old he's going to go through force fetch he's going to get collar conditioned he's going to do force to a pile we're going to learn how to run blinds so a year from now that little sucker is probably going to be learning blinds and getting ready for senior hunter Will be, yeah, yeah. Said, I said probably. Yeah, yeah, no, he's no, gonna be crushing he be. it. He'll be crushing. Um, you know, I think that. I mean, that's what I'm excited for him. And Culper is here until duck season. Ben is gonna be sending his dog. We've got a couple other lone duck puppies that are coming back this summer to do the gun dog program, and I'm fired up to share their journey with everybody and create phenomenal family members and gun dogs for people so cheers to that yo let's wrap this sucker up yep instagram live thank you for your questions uh thanks for tuning in do us a favor keep questions coming man this is it feeds us it gives us content to share so thank you um as we said in the beginning of the podcast do us a solid subscribe Maybe leave a comment. What can we do better? Who do you want us to talk to? Give us some ideas. We've got a good summer planned, but there's always room for more. So we're going to bring content. We're going to bring uh, podcasts to you. 
Keep binge listening. Leave a comment. Hit subscribe. Give us five stars. Don't give us less. I will find you. I will hunt you down. I swear. That's really why we got Brew. He's just going to be Yeah, he's going to be biting people for <laughs> just nipping giving it. three stars or less. You're getting bit. <laughs> um, but we appreciate it. I mean, there's so much great feedback on this stuff. So I can't, with the most sincere thank you, it makes me really proud. I mean, there's nothing to it but to say that. I'm, people care enough to listen to us and, and listen on their ride to work and on their ride home from work and maybe while they're out training dogs. Like, thank you for giving a crap enough to listen to Kevin and I and our guests that come on. Um, shameless plug. LoneDuckOutfitters.com, baby. We sell dog for e-collars. We sell gunners up wingers. We've got some great products that represent the lone duck brand and the unspoken bond if you dig the podcast and you want to support the growth of the podcast hey man a 20 dollar hat seems like nothing but it goes a long way and we might as well look good too yeah you know i can't help kevin never looks good though so a hat won't solve his problems <laughs> but it might solve yours so i mean hey it's a shameless plug but if you dig what you're listening to if you have listened to all of them and you just want to give us a little bit of love maybe go on there and find a t-shirt you dig or a hat you dig or all our american-made leather products i mean it's just a little bit can go a long way if the whole community you know hooks it up so big thank you for maybe checking that out um if you don't i know i look at the website i see the order so i know you didn't do it no, seriously. Thank you all. We're going to sign out for a Saturday night special. Episode is going to drop tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Hey, patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. It's a community that we built to help you and your dog on your journey to next duck season. There's videos that don't hit YouTube. There's happy hours where we drink a couple beers and I answer your questions every other week. And by the way, if you join between now and September 1st, you're entered to win a hunt with me and Kevin and other Patreon members. So jump in. Let's go. Join the community. We appreciate it. And we'll see you there. Hey, listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.